right, welcome to the House of Hoops, episode three. I'm Jeff Hausman. Laddie is out this week. The DMP. I got Bo on the phone though. Bo, how's it going? Hello, Bo. Sounds a little better this week. Little uh, equipment change. Um, thank you for listening. Hope you enjoy. We'll be here covering the NBA, starting from nothing. See what we can put together for you. Where's the intro music? guess you can't hear it anyway oh it's on there i, uh, I can't hear it that's fun oh, okay. funny oh, yeah all right me and bo used to play violent games of nba live back in the day what'd you say the phone cut out i'm sorry i said i was talking about back when we used to play games of nba live very violent yes. games of nba live yes and uh it got a little ugly a couple times here and there it did, yeah. Kyle Korver, he drops like 85 on me. You remember what you did there? Oh, uh, yeah. I, I threw a controller and then you shoved me. You threw the controller you, at the TV. It broke into about a million little pieces. And then uh, the TV went It went completely black, if I remember right. No, I hit your receiver. <laughs> and you were like, I'm still making payments on that thing. <laughs> Not even. <laughs> I was trying to get into grad school and I didn't get in that go around. So I was, I was a little emotional, emotionally charged, but then I got in the next year. So it all worked out. <laughs> and you took it out on me. Well, when Corver drops 85 doing the exact same move over and over and over again. Uh, and yeah, not that I wasn't guilty of that in that game. I do Xiao Ming and I do the step back jump shot and he would go like 19 of 19. And you just couldn't do anything with it. So it, it, I was emotional for different reasons, but uh, frustrated just the same. Yeah, I mean, to put it in perspective, that was like we were in our early 20s, probably 23, 25. That was yeah, 15 years ago. Yeah. it's a long time ago. We ought to fire that thing up and play sometime. Webb and I, my buddy Webb, we got a – I played him – PlayStation 2 NBA Live 2007, like three years ago. It was it was pretty fun. <laughs> Next time you're in town, definitely. I think I sold my PS2 for like a hundred bucks, but well, you made out because they're probably not even worth twenty now. <laughs> no way. All right, as always, you can reach us at the House of Hoops at Yahoo.com or on Twitter at House of Hoops. We're also on Instagram at House of Hoops Podcast. So the pick game this week was Celtics Jazz in Salt Lake City. Uh, who won the game? The Celtics won the game. Uh, it looked like in the fourth quarter there was about seven minutes to go, and Boston kind of took over. Marcus Smart started playing. 
Uh, Boston went up 13 points with seven minutes to go. Royce O'Neal and Marcus Smart started hitting shots. Of course, Tatum was doing his thing too. But that was the difference maker, I think. That was the moment in the game. Looked like it was over. Tatum? Yeah. Yeah, Tatum was really good. Um, it was surprising that the Celtics were playing three games in four nights. Mm-hmm. Um, they lost to the Lakers. They had that day off, and they played at Portland and then traveled to Utah. Um, and, you know, an underrated thing about Utah, playing at Utah is like, you know, playing at Denver. Utah is Salt Lake City is at 4,200 feet. So when guys get there, they're tired. They're not, you know, they're, they're not adjusted to the altitude. And, you know, especially traveling the night before and playing a back-to-back in Utah is, is as Chauncey Billups put it on the broadcast, it's a scheduled loss. And then yeah, Tatum, Tatum came out and whooped that trick. <laughs> it was pretty, it was fun to watch Tatum. Billups was talking about his ball handling ability. And if you watch the game, I mean, his ability to handle the ball make and go to the rim and make plays for other people was, it was pretty awesome. And he, he was able to have the ball in his hands so much because Walt Kimba was out. Yeah, that was another thing. Kembo sat, and they still look good. Yeah, the Mitchell versus Tatum thing's interesting, um, especially in the second quarter. They were trading buckets mm-hmm. uh, back and forth. Uh, so going like moving forward, if you had to take Mitchell or Tatum, who would you rather have? Ooh, man, I like Tatum better. I think he's like a machine. Yeah, he doesn't like Mitchell is more emotional. Yeah, um, which potentially is, I mean, just watching him play he seems more emotional, which that can fail on on you yeah you know, like how westbrook is awesome but he's emotional versus Kawhi, who is just a robot yeah tatum's a lot like Kawhi in that respect he just gets in the game he gets going and there's no stopping him he doesn't go through like it seems like he doesn't go through slumps or nothing really gets to him maybe he's more mentally strong yeah i think i i would want tatum yeah. over mitchell just because of his length and the defensive possibility. They both have high offensive upside, but the defensive side of things is is interesting. I mean, Quinn Snyder's a good coach, but is Brad Stevens a better coach than Quinn Snyder? And how would Mitchell look in that system? Yeah. Uh, Stevens' system. I mean, that's a question you always want to ask. But I think just on height alone, you have to take Tatum. At the nine-minute mark in the first quarter, Donovan had two fouls and had to sit down. And it may, you know, Tatum's not doing that. I did like Chauncey Billets on the call. That was a pleasant surprise on the ESPN. Always like listening to Chauncey. Yeah, he had a lot of good stuff to take talk about and a lot of stuff that always when there's a, you know, a point guard like Billups talking, you want to listen to what they're saying and see if you can learn anything from them. Mm-hmm. You know, Conley, from our, you know, us being from Memphis and watching Conley, he, he struggled um, and didn't score until like the five-minute mark of the second quarter. The point builds made about Conley was in Memphis. He was used to having the ball in his hands for like 18 seconds of the shot clock. And now he's, you know, a secondary ball hander or secondary option. Maybe he's not adjusted to that role. Maybe he's taken the decline in his you know, career tra- trajectory. I, you know, I don't know. But I'm still a Conley believer. It was very weird and unusual to see Conley running up the court without the ball in his hands and standing in the corner. Very strange. He's used to having that ball and dribbling it and making the plays. And you saw a little bit of that in those first three shots that he missed. He was making moves, pump fake at the three-point line, drive to the lane. He's just missing the shots. Yeah. He went 0 for 3. 
That's tough to watch. And then there was that one sequence where Conley missed the layup and the fans booed him. And Mm -hmm. then on the other end, Tatum got like a three. And it was just, I was like, oh my gosh, I felt for Conley. Speaking of fans booing, they were booing the shit out of Gordon Hayward. Was that not hilarious? How long ago was that? Three years ago when he left? I know. And then (laughs) in addition to that, he like broke his, he broke his ankle the first game of the Celtics. So it's kind of like, yeah. Okay, I think we can we can forgive the guy. Yeah, give the and guy. And we can break. actually and we can actually root for him now that he's, you know, come back from injury like, you know. We don't have to boo him. Yeah, give him a break. Come on, Utah. Dude, it's like struggled to come back in the league at all and you're still holding that against him, booing him. All right. Do your thing. Yeah, he's at a, yeah. Well, Hayward's had a nice season. He's like shooting over a little bit over 50% from the field this year. It's been nice. Mm-hmm. Nice to see that. That's good. That's good. I thought it was a good matchup. It, it really did kind of come down to the end. Donovan had thirty by the third quarter. It was tied at half. Yeah, the uh, yeah, the, it was it was close at the ha- at half, and then the third quarter, um, it was close. But I just felt like Utah was playing catch up with against the Celtics the whole time. Like Utah knew that they were the at that at the half coming out of the half, they were the underdog, and they were they were playing kind of desperate. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Utah looks like Utah can hang with a team like Boston that's well coached, but come playoff time, are they going to be good enough to beat playoff teams? Mm-hmm. Do they have enough scores? Utah plays plays Houston in the playoff series, and they're playing all those six, like his six, seven guys. Is Gobert, the potential back-to-back defensive player of the year, going to be be even able to play in a Utah, Utah versus Houston series? Interesting questions. Yeah, does Utah play Houston again? I think they've, they've played three times already. Um, that might be it. All right. Houston has played Utah three times. They've Houston has won twice. Jazz won one. It was a close one. Jazz won by one point. Check these box scores. In the uh, game that Utah won, Rudy Gobert played 37 minutes. 12 points, 15 rebounds. He's going to clean up on rebounds. Uh, one player that I noticed on Utah's side was Royce O'Neal. 26-year-old, small forward, power forward, 6'4", 226, undrafted in 2015. All right, so this is a guy who played in Germany, Golden State Warriors Summer League, Spanish club, Lithuanian club, 2017 Jazz Summer League, or he was signed after that. And then in 2020, this year, he signs a contract extension for four years at eight and a half to nine and a half per year. He averages six points, five rebounds, two and a half assists. This game... He got 14 points, four rebounds, one assist, 29 minutes, shooting 57% from the field, 80% from the free throw line, two of five from three-point. That's 40%. He's at 40% at the, on the season from three. And he took Joe Ingles, a.k.a. Jingles, took his starting spot. Were you aware of Royce O'Neal? I, I only thing I really knew about him was he got that contract extension and that kind of some of the guys that cover the Grizzlies talked about his contract extension was going to be similar to what Dylan Brooks was going to get, mm. that that might set the market for Brooks. Interesting. Um, so that's more or less how I became more aware of him. Yeah. I think he's pretty good. He looked good. I think there. he's, he's a good defender is what the, uh, but that's a nice contract extension for him. And if he can three and D and play defense, that's what teams want. Yeah. I mean, if you can get 14 points while you're doing it, you know, defend reasonably. Can't ask for much more than that. Well, right. That's like the, the Grizzlies sending Solomon Hill, Crowder, and 
big Wadala to the Heat. The Heat were happy to get Solomon Hill in that deal. He's play, he's playable. He'll take a decent volume of threes and play defense. Yeah, I noticed you uh you talked about the uh, Brad Stevens, Quinn Snyder. Those are two excellent coaches. I think those are we're going to see them in the league for a long time too. Even though Quinn Snyder's super evil looking, kind of scary looking, he does a good job coaching. He's a good coach. I think so. Who would you compare Tatum to? Former players or present players? Um, that's a good question. I mean, I can't believe I can't believe he's like twenty one. It's so crazy. Maybe like a defensive Carmelo, like a Carmelo Anthony with defense. Um, I mean, if he has a Paul Pierce like career, that would be that would be just fine. Maybe you could compare him to Pierce. I don't know. Utah might need some more scoring. Somehow they got Jingles. We call him Jingles because you when you look him up on the stat sheet, his name is. Joe Ingles, and they just put a J period Ingles, and it just reads Jingles. I don't know what they call them out there. They call them like Jingle Jangle or something, right? Uh, I, think, I don't know. Like maybe here's, here's Yeah, he was better a couple years ago. Jingles was better a couple years ago. He has dropped off a little bit. Maybe that's why they're taking him out of the starting lineup. I don't know. He does create also on offense. He can uh, get that second unit moving. I don't know. Maybe Conley should be coming off the bench and running that point guard bench spot. I don't know what the answer is there. They've got to figure it out, or they're not going to have a chance in the uh, postseason. Just don't. I don't see it. They had a lot of hype adding Conley at the beginning of the year, and it just hasn't really worked. They've got a lot of these uh, guys like Royce O'Neal, George's Nang, or Gorge's Nang. I think it's George's George's Nang. He's the same guy. He's the same build. He's 6'7", 230, 26 years old. He was a second-round pick in 2016 for the Pacers. He's a guy who played four years at Iowa State. He averaged 20. In his last season, he got 20 points, six rebounds, three assists. He's a do-everything guy, just like Royce O'Neal. Somebody, uh, they got a bunch of, they got a few of these guys. Jingles, Nang, Royce O'Neal. Just these fill-in guys, but none of them are elite-level scorers that you need. They're all just kind of a bunch of mid-level guys. Either way, Boston came out with the win, and they actually play again next week. I'll I'll definitely check in and see who won that game, who wins that game next week. What do you think, Bo? Uh, No, that would be an interesting conclusion to the series. Yeah, Uh, They'll be playing, obviously, in Boston. Maybe Utah can come back and and whoop them. Yeah, I don't know. Kemba could be back by then. I'm going to check it out. I don't think it'll be our pick a game two weeks in a row, but it'll be a game to watch. It'll be a game to keep an eye on. Boston has a couple cool players, interesting players. Grant Williams and Wanamaker, those guys are their guys off the bench. Did you see anything out of either of those players that you like? I thought Wanamaker was a nice placeholder playing point guard. And, you know, I don't, I don't know if he could, if he's a guy you want out there playing minutes in the playoffs, but. Three games and four nights, you yeah. know, you just got to throw him out there and have some semi-fresh legs. That was, he was, he was just fine. Yeah, as a fill-in guy for a game or two. They've got enough talent around him with Jalen Brown and Tayton. They can make it work. Uh, Grant Williams, he went to UT, so we don't, I don't really care about him that much. <laughs> I don't know if he stays in the league that long. He could be a serviceable utility man, I guess. He's got to work on his shot, get a little better. He's going to have to do some work in the offseason. That Grant Williams fella. All right, moving on. The deadline for waived players was is March 1st. So okay. Sunday was the last day. Yesterday was the last day to be waived and still eligible to play in a postseason game for a new team. So we saw a few players get waived. It was kind of interesting. Some of the players were getting waived from good teams. 
And some were getting waived from bad teams. Like, well, there's Alan Crabb and Anthony Tolliver from the Timberwolves. Uh, Evan Turner was waived. Troy Daniels got waived from L.A., which is weird. He did? Yeah. I missed that. I guess they're just uh, making a spot so they can sign somebody. I guess so. Yeah. There was a few weird waves. I didn't have time to fucking cover them all. I just ran out of time, man. I mean, that stuff is pretty insignificant. Yeah. Like Kid Gilchrist with the Mavericks, like whatever. Reggie Jackson signed with the Clippers. I mean, like, that doesn't matter. The Spurs waving Carroll with all that money for next year is strange. The Spurs have been doing weird things. Yeah, I don't Um, know what they got up their sleeve. I kind of want to watch a Spurs game. They got nothing up their sleeve. (laughs) Like, maybe they'll go try and sign Tom Brady. What do I know? I picked two games this week that were close at the end and watched like the la- watched the last five minutes of them. Okay. I thought maybe for a regular segment we could do um, each of us pick two games like that without consulting with the other. Yeah. And then we have four, you know, like any combination of one to six games to talk about. I like that. Yeah. So like, I picked the Heat, uh, Wolves at the Heat from the 26th of February. I guess that was. Uh, watched the last five minutes of it. The story of that game was the Heat, they just kept turning the ball over. And the Wolves playing that, you know, shooting three style, they just overwhelmed Miami. In the last bit, at the end of the game, Miami was outscored 22-7 to by the Wolves. Mm. And then at the end, Butler had a chance to win the game at the at the buzzer for a layup, and he got blocked at the rim by the Wolves, which all the Wolves fans were very happy about. <laughs> like, yeah, you suck, Jimmy Butler. Yeah, that up would, yours. Yeah, that would have. Yeah, I'm sure they're booing him too. Um, that would have been a fun was, one to watch. That was fun. I watched the Hornets at Raptors mm-hmm. on Friday, and that was that was a fun game. Is it, it was down to the wire. Kyle Lowry was freaking awesome. The Raptors announcers were talking talking Lowry up, saying he's still in his prime. There's no signs of Lowry slowing down. <laughs> Lowry did look really good, I and mean, he was knocking threes, making defensive plays. It was a fun watch, but it was tied with two seconds left, and Hollis Jefferson fouled. The Raptors were on defense, and Hollis Jefferson fouled one of the Hornets guys on the inbounds play, and they sent the Hornets to the line, and that was essentially the game. And so, you know, if Nick Nurse didn't play, he didn't play Hollis Jefferson early in the season. There's rumors that he wasn't a big fan of him. If he wasn't a fan of him before, he must really not like Hollis Jefferson now, which is kind of funny. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know enough about him. He's just a back of the end of the bench guy. That's interesting. I like that idea. I'll get on that. I think I can probably watch the last five minutes of every game. <laughs> but uh, you say we each pick two? Yeah, two. I mean, you know, even if the three of us do it, you can just pick yeah. one, you know, and just whatever you get around to. And there's something to talk about. I like that. Let's try to do that for next week. All right. Let's move on. I got a little uh, Grizzlies coverage. They had four games this week, four tough games. They had a rematch with Utah. They played the Clippers, Houston, and the Lakers. First game was Monday night in L.A. against the Clippers. Grizzlies lost 97-124. to I think the story of that game was the first quarter. First quarter, Grizzlies got down 14-40. to Grizzlies shot 73% from the free throw line. The Clippers shot 82% from the free throw line. The Grizzlies did not shoot the three ball very well. 7 of 27. It was 26% from three. Meanwhile, the Clippers were 16 to 37 at 43% from three. Uh, that was the game Brandon Clark left with a hip injury. We haven't seen him back since. 
the Grizzlies are losing that season series one to two. Did you know that Dylan Brooks leads the league in fouls? <laughs> I was unaware of that. That's pretty funny. 225 fouls. You know who's in second? Jaron Jackson. 200, hey. 219 fouls. And he hasn't even been playing. All right. So Wednesday, the Grizzlies take a little trip to Houston. And they get blown out. They get blown out pretty quick. The final score was 112 to 140. In the first, and again, it was a first quarter story. The Grizzlies scored 17, and Houston scored 35 in the first quarter. So they're coming out flat on that road trip at the beginning of the games. It's not what you want to see. That's well, those are tough games with and with a bunch of guys. I mean, the Grizzlies were yeah, were all even if they're at full strength, you almost predict them to lose those games. They're missing guys. I don't know if it comes back to Jay Crowder not being there or the trades that they messed with the chemistry. I don't think it's that. I think it is it is mostly the injuries you get. Well, they didn't get – I mean, the guy they got back in the trade is not healthy. Yeah. Uh, um, Jameis Winston, he's hurt. Jameis Winston? Yeah. Justice Winslow. Justice Winslow. <laughs> Justice Winslow's hurt. I just woke up about two hours ago. Had kind of a late night last night. Had a few at the local pub there. Hey, yo. After work. I went snowboarding yesterday. Really? In your basement? At the, one of the in many local ski hills in the Twin Cities area. Still snowing up there, huh? It was, it was sunny. It was beautiful. But there's still quite a bit of snow on the on the hill. <laughs> it was fun. It's cool. Uh, where were we? <laughs> you were, uh, we were talking about the Rockets. And yeah. I, the Rockets game, the Grizzlies. And I just, I don't really have many takeaways from those yeah. blowouts. They just... The Grizzlies are shorthanded. The Rockets are – I mean, John Morant got to play against Russell Westbrook. You can say that. Um, but, like, they, I mean, the Grizzlies got smoked. It doesn't – you know, you can you can try and make anything out of it, but it's like a young team versus a veteran team that's on a roll, even though they're – you know, and Covington is, like, averaging three blocks a game. Who is it? Covington, Covington for the Rockets. Yeah. The last, like, six games he's in. Like, maybe he's a center and not a small forward. Or maybe the Rockets – I don't, I don't know what to make of it. Yeah, he's a high, and then, high energy guy. I like him on that team. And then um, if we don't make much of the Rockets game, we don't really need to talk about it much more. I mean, that's just that's just me. Well, the, the Grizzlies just played exceptionally poorly. They shot 13 of 21 from the free throw line. That's 62%. Houston shot well, 13 of 15, 87%. Three-point percentages, Grizzlies were 33. Houston was 46. Field goals, Grizzlies 40. Houston, 56. I mean, the Grizzlies just underperformed everywhere. Dylan was 4 of 10 from 3. He did have 22 points. That's the first time he's had a decent game in a while. John Morant only played 28 minutes. Russ and Harden combined for 63 points. Austin Rivers had 23 off the bench. Jamichael Green went 3 of 6 from 3 at 11, 5, and 4. I mean, it, it was just a case of Houston coming out with all their studs rolling and Memphis being banged up and, and just being flat, coming out flat in the first and just shooting poorly from everywhere. I think that was the story of the game. That's how you end up with 112 to 140. <clears throat> Friday. You said Jamichael, you had Jamichael Green? Did you mean Jeff Green? Is it Jeff Green? Yeah, it's Jeff Green. It was Jeff Green. One of those Greens that used to play, Jay Greens that yeah, used to play for the Grizzlies. there's too many Jay Greens. Next thing you'll be talking about, Rodney Buford. Rodney Buford. I see him. He lives down the street from me. Not really, but sort of. He used to. He used to. <laughs> that was a long time ago. I'd be driving to school or home from school, 
I don't remember which it was, but he'd be out on his next door neighbor's driveway shooting hoops in his grizzly shorts. <laughs> Just warming up for the game. Uh, Friday, the Grizzlies finally got a home game at home against the Kings. It was a close one. Sacramento led the series 2-1. to one. Now they lead it 3-1 to one because the Grizzlies lost 101-104. to uh, The Grizzlies lost the second quarter. This is what looked like the difference maker to me was the Grizzlies lost the second quarter 29-17. to 17. It's 12 points. They lost by three. So Dylan Brooks had 32 points. John Morant had 20, 11, and 3. Val had Val had a big rebound game. Valanchunas, 13 points, 25 rebounds. It was a super even matchup, though. All through the uh, team stats, everything's super even. The Grizzlies won the rebounding battle, 64 to 50. But really, it just came down to the end. Uh, De'Aaron Fox was a killer. Harry Giles kept up his good play at 16 points, 5 rebounds. Two dimes. Buddy Heald was only two of eight from three. So we might have gotten away with something there. Do you remember the end of that one? Did you watch that one? We were out, and I watched the last few minutes of the the game. It was close, but the Grizzlies just couldn't pull it off. Yeah, it just came up short. I mean, I could sit here and pull up the play-by-play, but it doesn't matter. They lost. The Grizzlies had a back-to-back on Saturday, uh, another home game against the Lakers. Did you watch that game? I did not. I was plans all weekend didn't have time to watch basketball the grizzlies won 88 to 105 apparently anthony davis was hurt he only took 12 shots he had 15 9 and 4 15 points nine rebounds four assists lbj almost had a triple double but again he only had 19 points rondo only had two points in 25 minutes he went one of four from the field with four assists the lakers were winning the series three nothing but the Grizzlies pulled one out, and it will end the season at three and one. You know, I wonder if the Grizz, the, the Lakers, don't want to play the Pelicans in the first round, and uh, they gave us that one. They they gave well, they gave they wanted to let Jaw do Jaw things because uh-huh. that's fun to watch, right? Yeah. And then they didn't want they just come out and whoop the Pelicans. They threw the game. Man, I wish I had known that before the game. I would have made a trip down to Tunica or Southland or something. I'm guaranteed the Lakers were favored in that game. Oh, they definitely were. Um, I don't, I don't know what it was, but I did go back and watch some of the Jaw highlights, and it was pretty awesome. His stuff, Jaw ja Morant's so fun to watch. Yeah, he took what they gave him. Apparently, they gave him everything. Yeah, the second and third quarters, Memphis outscored the Lakers by what looks like 16 points. Yeah, the, the it looks like the the game, the Grizzlies and the Lakers game, it opened with the Lakers favored by eight, and the, the line moved to. Lakers by 11 and a half. So there's a lot of action, obviously, on the yeah. Lakers to win that game. Yeah. So the Grizzlies coming off of a back to back. Man, yeah. I wish I had known they were going to throw the game. Yeah. Jaw exactly. had, yeah, had 27 points, six rebounds, 14 assists. Dylan Brooks had 24 points, five rebounds. Valanciunas had 22 points, 20 rebounds, two assists. So it was a good game for most of the guys. All the guys that needed to have good games had good games. Pulled out a solid win against the awful number one Lakers team in the West. I wish I could have rewatched that game, but uh, NBA League Pass won't let you rewatch a blacked out game for three days. So maybe I can watch it Tuesday or something. That just about covers it for Grizzlies coverage. I don't really have much else to say. Next week gets a little easier. It's three road games, one home game. Monday in Atlanta, 
It's Wednesday in Brooklyn. It's Friday in Dallas. And then they'll fly home Friday night, and they got a back-to-back Saturday home game against Atlanta. So that's pretty easy. You got Atlanta twice, Brooklyn, and the Dallas game will be the one. Friday night in Dallas will be the game to watch for the Grizzlies next week. If you're going to watch one Grizzlies game, watch that one. Yeah, hopefully they can you know stay competitive and keep the playoff race hopes alive and keep playing in meaningful games. Mm-hmm. Make the playoffs. Why not? That would be that would be great. I know we we kind of said that they probably won't, but can the teams behind them win enough? games to catch up right now you're looking at the grizzlies i'm just going to look at the loss column so every team hasn't played the same amount of games but i'm not going to look at games behind or anything like that because that can get a little confusing i'm just going to look at the loss column the grizzlies have 31 losses okay in the eighth spot the mavericks have 24 losses in the seventh spot okay we're not catching that the pelicans have 33 losses so Grizzlies 31, Pelicans 33, Spurs 33, Trailblazers 35, Kings 34. So that's a big jumble in the uh, low 30s there, low to mid 30s. So I, I don't know, man. You got four teams gunning for that eight spot behind the Grizzlies. I know. It's brutal. So who, who knows what happens if the Pelicans, they I mean, they got to start beating teams. They, they lost to the Lakers, yeah, that was a close one. I watched the end of that game up at the bar. I don't really remember what happened because we were trying not to remember what was going on. Lakers took care of business. They gave one up to the Grizz and knocked the Pelicans down one. You're 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 likely onto something where the Lakers don't want to face them in the first round. All right, Bo, let's take a quick break, just a quick one. All right, and when we get back, we're gonna go over the NBA schedule a little bit. And we'll pick a game to watch next week as our pick game. Next week's schedule. It's loaded with some good games. Monday is Bucks at Heat, Pacers at Spurs. So two games that I saw that looked good. Tuesday is Clippers at Thunder, Sixers at Lakers. Wednesday, Pelicans at Mavericks. Thursday, Clippers at Rockets, 76ers at Kings. Friday, Heat at Pelicans. That looks like a good one. And then we have the rematch of our pick game, Jazz versus Celtics. And then Grizzlies at Mavericks. like that one. And Bucks at Lakers. There's a big one. Saturday is Kings at Blazers. Sunday, 
Lakers at Clippers. Thunder at Celtics. That's a good one. Pacers at Mavs. Raptors at Kings. Any of those games kind of stand out to you, Bo? For me, selfishly, I like the Mavericks uh, hosting the Pelicans. I like I, Luca's. Luca is one of my favorite players to watch. So is Porzingis. Mm-hmm. And then Zion is it's always awesome to watch. And that that game has implications for the Grizzlies. So I, I, that's that's the game I'm most interested in. I'm with you there. I like that Pelicans-Mavs game. I'm leaning towards that for our pick game. Heat-Pelicans is interesting. Crossing conferences. The Heat are pushing. The Pelicans are pushing. They're both kind of trying to be better and move up in the standings. So that could be a very feisty one there, I think. Yeah, that's funny. Most of those games are on ESPN. ESPN knows what they're doing. Thunder Celtics, you know, I've I've kind of started to kind of fall for the Thunder a little bit. I'm kind of rooting for them. You, uh, we were texting about the Thunder playing the Bucks, and the, I think the line was the Bucks minus eleven. And you were like, "Nah, that's not oh, right. taken." <laughs> and then the, the the Bucks beat the Thunder by like forty-seven. Yeah, they destroyed them. That just shows. Yeah, I was like, no, nah. and then you Middleton was out, I think. You just never know. <laughs> yeah, dude, like, the, yeah, I stuck my neck out on that Bucks game, and I was like, Thunder, I think they can do it, and they blew it. <laughs> I thought they could at least hang with the Bucks. I didn't know if they could win, but I thought they could hang. They got destroyed. So, I mean, that kind of puts it in perspective of where the Thunder are. I mean, it's a, just one game, but. I mean, the Bucks made them look silly. Um, well, the Bucks make everybody look silly. Yeah, I've already got some action on the Bucks winning it all. I know I said that I think Boston could come out of the East, but realistically, it's likely the Bucks, and it's likely the Bucks winning the whole thing. The Bucks Clippers. It's either Celtics Clippers or Bucks Clippers. That's that's all I've got. That's all I see. I think our pick game for next week. I think let's just go ahead and go with that. Pelicans Mavericks game. That's a game we want to watch. It will be super interesting for us. And I want to see these Pelicans a little closer. And I haven't watched many Mavs games, to be honest. We'll also be watching that Jazz Celtics game. I will. And I'll probably I'll watch that one Dallas Grizzlies game. Cool. Cool, dude. We had a couple couple mentions on Twitter. Uh a fellow by the name of Greg Houseman sent us some messages on Twitter. For those of you who don't, don't know who Greg Houseman is, that's my father. And he doesn't use Twitter. These are his only posts on Twitter. He says, does the recent trend of resting players rather than playing them on back-to-back games hurt the game? Does it impact fan support? I don't well, the, league is, yeah. the league's taking measures to kind of you know, if you want to rest a healthy player, you can do it at home. Mm-hmm. But if you do it on the road, you'll get fined for it. The Wolves recently got fined for resting D'Angelo Russell. So the league's taking those sort of questions. Uh, they're trying to address them. I, I In favor of players resting, I know, like, if I'm going to do it, you know, if I go for, like, a six-mile run mm-hmm. the next day, like a hard six-mile run the next day, if I run that same route, I'm not as fast as I was the day before. Mm-hmm. So if these guys exercising and working hard i can understand why they need rest yeah i don't think it hurts the game i think it's it's something that you do if a coach notices a guy lagging if a coach notices a guy needs a rest guy needs a break yeah by all means do it but 
I don't know. It's, I go back and forth on it. It's play every game, play every game to win. That's the way I look at it. Well, that's uh, what, like LeBron said, he's going to try and play every game. Yeah, and he should. You want to get those wins. You don't think uh, Denver wants you to rest? Denver wants you to rest. They want to move up into that first spot. Everybody wants you to rest. I think you go out there and you just compete and you try to win. Does it affect fan support? I mean, if LeBron James is coming into Memphis once or Minneapolis once and he rests that game, yeah, that's gonna you're gonna have some disappointed fans. Right. Um, so they're not LeBron James fans anymore. Fans, that's not gonna turn them off. But I mean, I think it's it's just a it's a real question that, and I think the league is working to address it best yeah. they can they don't want them resting on the road when people pay big money for tickets to see players i don't know if it affects fan support i think if you're going to go to a game you're going to go to a game yeah there's going to be a little disappointment if the king doesn't walk down the tunnel but whatever if you're only going to a let's say a timberwolves game to watch lebron james maybe it does affect your mild fan support yeah he asked another question <laughs> He says, how much of today's NBA game outcome is really determined by the actions of head coaches versus the players? Do you want to take that one? Uh, head coaches versus the players? If the players buy into what the coach is saying yeah. and they're all in unison, then that's a good thing. If, well, you, if the yeah. players drown out the coach, you know, if you can't relate to the players and they don't like you, then it's – not going to work probably uh, but then you it's look at situational the, though it's situational right so in la it's well, a little different than it is in let's say memphis or sacramento our golden state when steve kerr was right. had the back stuff and then mm -hmm. luke Walton went 30 and 0 mm -hmm. yeah was that coaching or was that players i think we know you know in la i don't think frank vogel has as much of an impact in the game as lebron james does but sometimes with a younger group that aren't really – I think coaching matters more with younger groups. Brad Stevens, he matters. I think it's just situational. If we wanted to sit down and go through every single team and decide what's more important on this team, coaches or players, I think it would probably lean more towards coaching because there's only so many great players that can really handle that load and uh, make their team what it is just by being a player. Lastly, Greg was busy on Twitter. Lastly, Pop says, has anyone noticed the increase in numbers of pl player injuries over the last five years or so? He says, don't teams have trainers and so-called strength and conditioning coaches? What do they do? What are their salaries? Three emoji basketballs. That's a question we can't really answer. Yeah. I don't have that I don't information. Have, I don't have access to the team or training no. staff. And if I tried to get access to that, they'd probably say no. Yeah. Who would ask that question? Like, how much are your trainers making? <laughs> I mean, these guys are hired by professionals. Obviously, these multi-million dollar businesses are handling their business they're going over those details they're making sure those guys are doing their jobs i don't think that's a question the public needs to ask i don't think there's been an uptick in injuries he asked if we noticed it uh, have you noticed it i haven't i think it's the same as it always is they've and they've changed the schedule too with less back-to-backs to try to keep players fresh and healthy you know it's hard to, it's hard to say if there's a correlation there i mean some injuries are one-off some are you know, I don't know how to answer that. 
I mean, they all, it seems usually injuries are like freak things. I don't think it's related to the different, if anything, I would say strength and conditioning is better than it's ever been. The technology, the practices they use has all grown. They're, I mean, they're, they're watching these guys like hawks. That's what I think. Anyway, if anybody else has any questions or comments, you can reach us on Twitter at House of Hoops. The DMs are open, too. And uh, you can email us at houseofhoopspodcast at yahoo.com. I think that's pretty much going to do it for today. Bo, we uh, completely forgot to tell everybody that Laddie was out this week because he had his wisdom teeth pulled. We did, so maybe uh, <laughs> maybe uh, we'll have to somehow add that to the beginning of the show. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Maybe not. So, <laughs> <laughs> Laddie, we hope you feel better, man. Uh, uh, are you still okay. listening, Laddie? Yeah, are you still listening? Did you tune out? Are you even alive? I don't know. We'll get him back next week. Laddie will be back. I want to say thank you to everybody for listening. We appreciate it. Anybody that did listen, thank you very much. Bo, I think we're out of here. All right, man. All right. Thanks a lot, fun. buddy. Yeah, yeah, man. So excited just from her perfume